What's happening, people? Mm. Frycast episode two. You guys know what it is. This episode is brought to you by Gamersups. If you guys don't know what Gamersups is, it is a healthy alternative to energy drinks. You guys have seen the the pre video rolls that I've been doing. Uh, we're now sponsored by them. Use code Big Fry ten percent off your order if you guys want to try it out. There you go. As always, if you guys want to support the show, you guys can go to Patreon or you can subscribe to me on Twitch. All of those get you early access to the show. If you're watching this on YouTube, everything we're going to discuss here is going to be linked in the description. I'm joined here today. We're continuing the Star Citizen discussion from last week. Uh, a lot of people were not a fan of me bringing up Derek Smart. And uh, I figured, hey, why not reach out and have a discussion with him? So I'm joined here today by Derek Smart. And we're going to get right into it. Okay. Um, so first of all, uh, thank you for reaching out. I appreciate it. Glad that you were interested in talking. Yeah, you're welcome. Because you know, the, uh, I tend not to do these interviews a lot because it, it usually goes sideways, and a lot, right. of, a lot of the people who I mean, I go on Guard Frequency and a few others, and I have a few others coming up. But usually, I try to shy away from them because it just generates too much noise and controversy. But <laughs> the more that uh, the the project appears to be completely off the rails, and the more people keep mentioning me and you know, and you mentioned me in one of your streams, and I thought, wait, you wanted to talk to me. I thought, yeah, this is a guy I want to talk to. So, <laughs> right on. Um, well, I think the first thing I think for everyone who watches me who isn't in the Star Citizen community, if you could um, just give a quick rundown, you know, who you are, uh, what you do in the industry, and and then we'll get into how you got involved with Star Citizen because I've been reading and there's a lot of information, but it's it's pretty crazy. So yeah. I, I think we should start with that. <laughs> well, my name is Derek Smart, and I'm a software developer. I uh, started out in IT and then moved into game development about uh, almost three decades ago. I've developed over a dozen games over the years in the Battlecruiser Universal Combat um, product line. My company is 3008, and um, I've worked with a bunch of um, big-name publishers over the years, including Take-Two Interactive, who... They, they released my first game back when, you know, nobody knew Take-Two was going to be this big. In fact, my first game, Battlecruiser 3000 AD, was one of the games that um, helped take Take-Two um, public. Uh, it's actually in their S original SEC filings, for those of you who want to go look for it. So I've uh, basically, um, you know, been working in the industry for a long time and, you know, know a lot of people. And I specialize in high-end products, which uh, 10 people like to play. Perfect, perfect. My, my involvement with Star Citizen um, was basically um, accidental. Um, I had back, I mean, I've been a big fan of, um, I was a big fan of Chris Roberts from back in the day. And even though a lot of people think we're competitors, we're only competitors in terms of having, you know, being involved in the same space, you know, space combat genre. My, right. my games have, more, have been more about, you know, on the high end, complex, 100 page manual type games. Uh, compared to this, you know, freelancer and starlancer. So when he came back after a decade of absence and, you know, decided to crowdfund what we thought was a star, um, a freelancer, you know, slash Star Wars, slash Star Trek, slash Wing Commander game, you know, most of us <laughs> <laughs> old school types, you know, jumped on the bandwagon to, to fund it and um, figuring that, you know, somebody who's going to go out and get the money it takes to do another, you know, AAA type product was worth doing. So I jumped on the bandwagon. I 
was one of the original backers from back in 2012. I didn't pay too much attention to it because I know how you know how long it takes to develop games. But then in mid 2015, during the summer, a bunch of industry friends of mine reached out to me um, to tell me about problems of the project and whether I thought they were still going to make it. And honestly, at the time, I didn't even realize he had you know bloated the scope to the extent that he had. So I started paying attention and reading their blog notes and talking to some friends of mine, some who have already left the project. And it occurred to me that uh, he had, you know, ballooned the scope of the project from the original 2012 pitch. And after I looked at everything and going by my experience and my qualifications in the field and how difficult it is to build a game, he ended up uh, turning this Star Citizen 2. I realized that there was no way on earth he was going to do it. So I had reached out to him. Um, he didn't get back to me, and I reached out to a few friends of mine. One of them had sent me a message on Facebook saying, yeah, you know, Chris has heard that you're making some noise, blah, blah, blah. So I wrote a Facebook post letting everybody know that I was about to write a, you know, a blog explaining why I believe that Chris has, you know, completely screwed the project. And I didn't want to publish it. Uh, it was a private post on Facebook with myself and a whole bunch of industry friends of mine that I have on Facebook and LinkedIn. And somebody leaked it onto Reddit and forced my hand. So I ended up publishing the blog in July 2015, and it all went to hell from that point on. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that first blog was um, Interstellar Citizens, correct? That was the one, yes, indeed. July, okay. 20, it, July 2015, it's the one called The July Blog. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, for those listening on YouTube, we're going to have the links to all this stuff down below. So if you guys want to do some reading, uh, feel free. Um, yeah. So, okay. So you post the blog and I'm reading the how I got involved. So I, I, I kind of know, you know, the, the, the quick rundown of, of how, how it happened. What happened after that? You, you, you posted it and you said that, that media started to, to kind of blow it up right started to bring eyes to the project is that how that worked yeah um you know it's anybody who knows my history knows that i'm pretty much you know you know controversy magnet um you know <laughs> for one thing you know the, the the thing about the industry you know being in it and being on the outside looking in is i've never been part of their boys club i've never actually worked for anybody or any company ever in my 30-year history in the industry I've always done my own thing and I've been an independent developer from, you know, from day one. So over the years, I've had my, my spats with uh, publishers, you know, take two Dreamcatcher, you know, a few others, 360. I've also had my spat with the media because, you know, usually when you're in this business, uh, everybody knows everybody. You're six degrees removed from the next person that you probably would, would know. Um, right. So you really don't go out making noise because it's a very good way to either get blacklisted or to get people not to work with you or mm -hmm. let, let alone hire you. So right. it's, it's a culture. It's not unlike Hollywood or politics. It's a culture of fear. And very few developers tend to actually a stick up for, for themselves or put their names to the things they say and do. So with me. Nobody, they can hire me, they can fire me. In fact, they don't have, they don't have a clue what to do with me. So <laughs> basically when something comes up, if something catches my attention, I would, I'm very vocal. I write about it. I'll talk about it and, you know, I'd get quoted. So of course it stands to reason that Chris Roberts and his gang of merry men figured out the, 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 you know, the, the best course of action was rather than ignore 
my blog from somebody, you know, everybody knows, you know, is going to speak his mind. They decided to um, make a big deal about it. So what the, the first mistake they made was they issued a press release. I mean, who does that? They, they refunded me uh, after they read my blog. They refunded my, my pledge, as it were, uh, canceled my account. And that wasn't even enough. They went out to the media, PC Gamer in general, PC Game in general, and um, told them that they had refunded me and kicked me off the project because I was using um, their game platform to promote my own game, uh, Line of Defense, which isn't even a competitor because Line of Defense is not a space combat game. It's a, it's a, it, you know, it's a combined arms game. Long story short, uh, PC Gamer reached out to me. Uh, I was shocked when I heard from them. Um, it's not every day you get, you know, the media reaches out to you for quote something that they usually just write anyway. But right. um, he reached out to me and asked me what was going on, and I explained. I was shocked. I explained to him that I don't know what this is about. I told him it's false. I've never. I have an account. I backed them since 2011, uh, 2012. Uh, I had never posted on their forums. I've never engaged anybody. I completely. The project was completely off my radar, just like you know, Elite Dangerous. So. They went ahead with the, with the story. I did not know what the content of the story was at the time. So when I when the story went out and I read it, I was of course I was livid. So the fact that PC Gamer printed it uh, and CIGO told them that they refunded me because I was using <laughs> their platform to promote my game, uh, they when you know PC Gamer ran with it. All the other media uh, you know uh, uh, outlets saw it. They read it. They ran with it. And it went downhill from there because, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of the industry people will never dare do something like that because it's it's pretty much career suicide. So a lot of them were thinking about this. If it, you know, Wired and a bunch of other magazines had written about how this project was never going to see the light of day because Chris had overscoped it. Um, you know, Wired had a huge banner, you know, about you know people giving this guy seventy million dollars to you know, for a buggy game, blah, blah, blah. But right. um, but they're not part of gaming. So, you know, that's kind of peripheral. But with somebody like me, who's made a living, uh, and I've spent, you know, 30 years, that's like half a lifetime, um, in this one genre, Space Planetary Combat, um, everybody now found somebody they could use as a scapegoat to say what they didn't want to say, because in the media, you know, everybody heads to bets, as you know, right? Uh, oh yeah. In game, in gaming, it works the same way. So everybody found me as a mouthpiece. Normally, they would just, it would just be, ha ha, Derek Smart is at it again, um, and they'll write a few things and move on. But this time around, because it was Chris Roberts, and it was this huge, massive, crowdfunded game, and then you have Derek Smart, the only person, you know, who probably besides the elite dangerous guys, and the X guys, and a few other people who actually, you know, do these kind of games. So I'm. They figured I was one of the very few people who they could use as a scapegoat to voice, um, you know, what they were thinking or writing in, in, in passing about how the game was a disaster. And he just went downhill from there. But he took it, ran with it, wrote their own stories. And next thing I know, I'm in the middle of Star Citizen controversy, something I completely didn't plan. Yeah, it started off as a private blog. That's crazy. Um, do you like I'm looking at the PC Gamer article. Uh, this was back in 2015, and it's funny. Back then, you you said that it was overscoped, and and now we're here, going into 2018, and I feel like it's 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 even more overscoped since then. Like I I came in, I came into the project. I was told about it 
I want to say it was back in 2014. And even then I saw it and I was like, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Like that's a pretty, that's pretty ambitious. And I'm glad that I have a blog here because I'm looking back at the original, like the original campaign, like before they even went to the Kickstarter. Yep. Or, and to me that looks, I mean, it, it still looks ambitious. Um, when you originally backed it, did you feel that they could, they could finish what what they promised with with the budget that they had, or or was it kind of just you, you're kind of just hoping? No, actually, I was fully confident they could do it because you know my games. I'm an independent developer, and I've never made a game that cost me more than a few million dollars to do. In fact, Line of Defense is my most expensive game only because we had to write a lot of technology from scratch, and we were right. we were targeting the multi-platform, you know, PC, Xbox, PS3, and um, so and it was also because I'm semi-retired, I had decided that it'll it'll be my last game, and it'll be the game I would do as you know, software as a service. Because what I've done over the years, I you know just like Star Wars, Star Trek, and any IP, I built the Battlecruiser IP, and then I spawned a bunch of small derivative uh, IP and games from that, like Universal Combat, which was which is more advanced version of Battlecruiser. Then you have the All Aspects one. So uh, I know how expensive these games can cost, and I know the extent of what you can and cannot do. So when I saw the original pitch, as is on Kickstarter, I knew exactly what they wanted to do and I figured they could do it because the kind of money he was raising, you know, he was asking for, you know, a half a million dollars and two million and five. I figured, yeah, totally. Um, and I felt that because they were going, um, because of the business model they had going that they would use the extra money for post launch support because a lot of the, right. a lot of the time people forget that even with crowdfunded games, what happens after you ship, especially with multiplayer, you know, you, it's not a matter of just single play. You just ship it and forget about it. You have to do ongoing costs. If For it's sure. Small, you know, so I figured they would have uh, – they, they had the money to build it. The dream, you know, the dream that they sold at the time was perfectly doable and that they would still have money left over to add stuff to it down the road. So I was totally confident they could do it. Not, 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 no question at all. Or I wouldn't have backed it. Right. Um one of the comments on my last cast uh, is somebody who uh, actually I'll give him a shout out sky one seven three. Um, he, he, he made a long comment and he said that he, he backed a lot of money into it. He didn't give me the specific number, but I have a feeling it's quite a bit. And he quoted the Wikipedia from CIG and Chris Roberts stated that if they had 23 million uh, over the crowdfunding campaign, they wouldn't need investors. They wouldn't need developers and they could, they could do the game themselves. And and it's just crazy to think that we're eight we're eight times that we're we're just just under eight times revenue from that, and we're still here talking about where the game is. It's it's interesting that uh, you know even though these people are anonymous, a lot of them are. Uh, it's interesting that this comes up every now and again. Uh, the the thing about it is, um, at some point in time, once Chris and his people and Ortwin whoever figured out. That the more they could, the more lies they could sell, the more money they could make. Uh, they just kept adding to it. So right. if you think about it, uh, when they after the Kickstarter thing ended, they made a big brouhaha about it. Yeah, we've got all the money we need. We're not going to need investors, and they actually have investors. And I know at least two of them um, who pulled out. Uh, one of them is a, somebody I know. We you know we chat almost every other day. But long story short. 
that was the plan that he would if they got all this money they wouldn't need investors but guess what happened when the investors when they started getting this money at least this one investor had to go through hoops to get his money back so it wasn't an issue of yeah we've got 23 25 50 100 million you want your money back here it is no he had to go through hoops to get it back and when he got it back he made a big deal he almost sued them uh long story short um it it, it ended up being uh, an issue whereby the more they they pushed out the more money they made, the more they kept doing it. I mean, who would who would right. stop who would who would stop doing that? I mean, think about it. If you look at the the, the overscope game on on their website up to uh, 65 million, um, even though they're only single bullet points, like one item could be planetary tech, another item could be another ship. People right. for, people forget that there's a million things that connect just that one item. You know, as a game developer for me, saying we're going to do planet, as people are now finding out, saying you're going to do planetary tech, it's not just one checkbox. It's like a million other checkbox and things you have right. to you, you have to plan for. But what they kept doing is, even after this, they, they stopped, they, they claimed to have stopped the scope at 65 million, which, by the way, happened in November 2014, the same month they were supposed to ship the two games. Which You're talking about the, stre the stretch goals. The stretch page, goals, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. That stretch goal page, if you look at it, that ended in November 2014, and that was the same month they were supposed to <laughs> finish and ship right. both games from, the, from 20, 2012. So what they ended up doing was they got all this money. Rather than stop, Chris would go on, on the ATV shows. He would go on you know media campaigns. And promise more stuff. And the more stuff they promised, that link I just gave you, GitHub.io, will. It's it's amazing when you look at it and you compare to what they promised in 2012, where they were in 2014, and where they were where they are today. You can just pretty much see that there's no way they could ever finish this game in any shape or form with the money they had. So they had to keep raising money. Right. Yeah, because originally they were asking for 750,000, right? They were asking for half a million, and then million, and okay. th yeah, and then they got to two million, and then five, and then they went downhill from there. Well, uphill yeah, uh, with money. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's what like it's crazy. There's a lot of I don't know if you, uh, I mean obviously you're busy, dude. I I get the comments from the last cast people talking about just just so many people coming through to the defense of of CIG, and they just won't acknowledge. It's it's weird. Like, it's like they just don't seem to acknowledge that there is a feature creep. There is. This is just, it's just more and more is just, it's just blowing out of proportion on that stretch goal page. Um, did they talk about like adding an FPS module and doing all this other like planetary landing and all that? Was that talked about like back in 2014, 2013? No, the way, the way that progressed is if you go back and look at the, um, at the original Kickstarter, uh, I'm sure you have the link and you look at the, their funding page. It goes back to what I just said about where you have one bullet point and there's a million things coming along for it. Right. If you do search for planet or planetary on that uh, funding page, you will see that it was just supposed to be quote unquote research into planetary technology. So when you think about that, I mean, you would have thought that it would build the space combat portion, uh, get that working and, you know, go from there. But instead, they started talking about this whole immersion thing, and immersion would mean being in first person, you know, inside your ship, um, inside, you know, these areas. So they had to build a whole, you know, FPS module, which really wasn't actually stated specifically. 
then the next thing you know, they we have things like the hangar module to show your ships. Right. You have you have arena commander to test the flight model. Then they started pitching a star marine to test the FPS module. Then when they 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 kept going and going, and then somehow to add more cool stuff to you know how they raise money, they started talking about planetary tech, and before you know it, it was no longer research. They were actually <laughs> they were actually doing it, and of course, as we've seen in 3.0, they've completely botched it. The same thing with Star Marine, nobody's playing. Arena Commander, nobody's playing. So they just kept adding all this stuff, whether they, whether they were explicit or not. When somebody says we're going to do an immersive uh, 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 immersive you know uh, space combat. Nobody's thinking immersive space combat where you're flying through your ship in first person and walking through it while the turrets are all firing. So, you know, that one item became 50. And <laughs> of the 50, only one or two work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, yeah, it's 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 pretty brutal. The 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 go to is it's still an alpha. And my, like my, my response to that would always be, well, yeah, but how fucking long are we going to be an alpha for? Like, like we we've been here. Well, it's seven years. Well, the thing about it is, you when you when you look at it in the, in the first few years, it's easy to give them a pass, which is why for two for, sure. for two years I never actually paid attention to the product. I mean, I right. ju just the other day I was shocked when I got an email about Bard's Tale Four. I mean, I backed that game and it completely fell off my radar. Uh, you know, even Shrouds of Avatar, I backed that. I've never played it. I've never touched it. I get the emails. Almost every other day, it's just like spam now, but I read them. So I don't pay close attention to it. I'm an avid gamer. I, I right. have I have a huge, huge library. I have, if I'm not mistaken, about 30,000 titles in storage, in boxes. Oh, wow. So I'm an avid gamer, and, you know, it's my way of supporting the industry. It's my way of, you know, connecting with the gamers and my friends, many of whom still make games. So it wasn't, it wasn't, really, <laughs> it wasn't really one of those things where you just – go back and say, you know, I want this, 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 and this, right. you know, you, you have to pick your battles and, you know, two years, three years in, you lose track. Okay. So they have a year, even their own terms of service gave them eight, a 12, it gave them 12 months of slippage, which is reasonable. They changed it to 18 months, which is more than reasonable. <laughs> and the next thing you know, even though they started in 2011, according to Chris, in 2017, you're still in pre-alpha. There's there's no vertical slice of either one of the games. Right. Most of the components are not in, and what's in doesn't work. And we're seven years in, and people are still willing. Some of them are still willing to give them a pass, which is right. completely incredulous to me. Okay, so let me ask you this: So when you back the original Kickstarter, because I, I wasn't in the in the in the community back then. How many years, like if you were looking at that project and you as a game developer, you you know, you've been in this space, how long that original scope, how long do you think it would have taken them to take that game and actually create it and, and release it? Like how many years would you have given them? Well, I would have done it in two years with the kind of money they had and right. with their team, their money, you know, all the money they had and all the support they had in the yeah. market and whatever, two years was, was, was more than enough time. Plus, they had a whole year of um, allowances for slippage in their own TOS. So uh, two years was perfectly normal, which is precisely why they raised all that money so quickly and ended up in the Guinness Book of Records. Because right. it, it was we everybody believed that you know with that sort of money and that sort of backing, two years was totally doable. Interesting. There was one, I'm trying to find it in, I can't remember what blog post it was in, um, where you you kind of criticize the media 
for um, and I, it just it's it stuck with me um, how the media writes right right here. Um, let's see, the mainstream media have remained largely mum about the whole thing, other than doing article after article after article about the funding and all that. And then you say it's going to be the same media that are going to tear into them after it fails. And I, I, I personally, for me, I think that the game is going to fail. I, I really do. Um, I, I don't see like that's just it's it's way too out of scope for. Uh, anybody and i i think you've kind of alluded to that just in your findings and and your development history i don't think you think that they're going to be able to do it either um yeah it's it's going to be it's going to be pretty brutal when this thing does go under well the, the thing about the media the thing about the media is you know we as game developers and publishers and you know and mm-hmm. fans we have a we have a love hate relationship with the media you know, right. when they write good stuff that we like to read, we love them. As soon as right. they go against our the things that we love and believe, we, we hate them. It, it's a symbiotic relationship that's gone on for decades, and, you know, we don't put too much stock in it. Because even the peop- even right. the, even the gamers who talk about boycotting the media and boycotting games, you know, those guys still read the same magazines, they still buy the same games, and still play it. Because that's, that's how it works, you know? Right. So, for me... The reason I was more or less, you know, I'm still a little, you know, miffed about it, um, is is that they, these guys who are in the media, I'm not talking about some Joe, John Doe with a blog, you know, right. uh, you know, Pixel Lemonade, you know, any of those guys, Christian Times and all that nonsense, you know, because those are all put up, uh, you know, just for reputation management and damage control type thing. I'm talking about mainstream media. I'm talking about the PC Gamer, GameSpot, uh, right. Poly- Polygon, Kotaku, all those guys. I mean... These guys go way, most of these guys go way, way back. They know what's going on. They know Chris has completely failed. They know the product is, is a disaster. The problem is everybody wants to hedge their bets. And in the media, the media doesn't make policy. Media is about, some of them are about clickbait. Some of them about getting, you know, you know, the opinions out there, because think about it, it's all about opinion anyway, right, and some right. of it is all fake news. But in my in, in my opinion right now, most of the media, they've been focused on all the fundraising and all these features, as they should, because, hey, if it's news, why not, right? But when you think about it, some of the, the, the hard questions nobody has bothered to ask. For instance, one, how did this game get so out of scope? Two, where did all this money go? I mean, these are the two, nobody is writing about any of those two things. And when it comes down to it, in in the coming months uh, or weeks, you know, when when this whole thing, p- people hear what's you know what's happening next, and they start asking these questions, this is the same media who are going to be acting as if they knew all along, but they wanted to wait for the end result, which is purely bullshit because they always they all do that. You know, once in a while, you know, uh, Kotaku would write something and you read it and you will see that there's no bias. But at the end of the day, we all have our biases, but everyone is hedging their bets. And the most important thing, the, the biggest disservice I think that's being done by the media to gaming and gamers in general is because some of them in their minds made this a Derek Smart versus Chris Roberts thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, that's what that's why. um the PC Gamer article has your name in the title. Yeah. Because everyone can just, they can feed off that. Correct. Yeah, for sure. Correct. Once they made it about the Derek Smart versus Chris Roberts, 
rather than Chris Roberts taking millions of dollars and stands no chance of delivering. It, it ended up being where, it, it, let's say if it was David Braben or one of the Free Space guys or, you know, Larry Holland, one of those big name guys who have actually done games in this space. If it was one of them raising these alarm bells, I guarantee you the, the, the rhetoric, the, the, the sort of things being written, they would have had a completely different tone. But nobody wants to focus on the important things when you have a Derek Smart versus Chris Robbins thing. I mean, let's think right. about think about this. I mean, this is me we're talking about. I mean, a lot of as much as I have a lot of friends in the industry, I have a lot of you know, I, I know a lot of high profile, low profile people. The bottom line is the media is all about taking sides, and in this case, the minute they decide to start voicing my opinions as written. They would have been seen to have taken a side, okay? And most of these guys go back. With, you know, David Swafford, he was a great guy, by the way, who handles you know, the media for for CIG. He's old school. He knows all these guys. So picture this. You know, when David is pitching a story or he's talking to the media, and everyone has got the elephant in the room, which is Derek Smart. I mean, think about how that conversation goes. You know, that that's right. what that's what's going on. But you know what? It's inevitable because when I hitched my my cart to this horse in 2015, even though Reddit forced my hand to publish the blog, I knew I was right. I mean, think about. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't have wrote it regardless. I wouldn't have I wouldn't otherwise. have done it. I wouldn't. I mean, yeah. for, First of all, I wouldn't have reached out to Chris ahead of it, trying to get his you know his answers to it. I wouldn't have reached out to my industry friends. Because that, that Facebook post was selectively for only industry people. I wouldn't have right. done that. I wasn't looking to make waves. I wasn't looking to, to cause any angst. I was just looking to see what was going on because I was a genuinely concerned backer. Right. And all of a sudden, it became this other thing. Um, so let me ask you this. Is there ever going to be a time when the the people who have reached out and you've spoken to, the in, the industry is there ever going to be a time where we can look to getting sources for all of the information? Cause I've noticed, and I'm just going off the comments that I've read from the last cast. Um, a big criticism of you and, and your outspoken nature is when you source the stuff and when you quote the stuff, we don't really have anybody to look to, to where that information's coming from. So a lot of people, it's very easy. And I've been, I've been under that microscope as well. It's very easy to discredit everything that you say, when you when you don't give sources and i understand it because you, you, people don't want to be named or whatever is there ever going to be a time where we can look and, and see who who has reached out and who you've spoken to and where we can get that information it's not going to happen i'll tell you why right. it, because it's what i mentioned earlier in this in, in the stream i mean if you read the escapist story and those yeah. were those were anonymous sources look i mean they got rolled mm -hmm. over on that one and you know cig instead of you know putting back his mind at ease and telling him where the money is and what they're going to do with the project. They were hiring private investigators, filing, <laughs> filing arbitration cases against people. They thought firing people because they figured they felt they were feeding me information. And of course the cart was already, you know, uh, was the, the, the horse was already out of the barn by that time because I, Wait, that, I, I go ahead. That happened in CIG. They, they were like almost like a witch hunt. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I listen, this is, this is not hearsay. This is fact. They hired private investigators. They've had arbitration lawsuits against somebody they thought, people they thought were, were feeding me information. This this is fact. 
So wait, are those those lawsuits? Is that is that public record? Can we can we? No, they're not. That? They're not public record. I mean, I know at least two of them. Then they're absolutely okay. not public record. But I can tell okay. I can I can tell right now they filed arbitration against Travis Day. Okay. Okay. That he's one of them, and that was and they've 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 hired uh, private investigators to even spy on the on on their on their own on their own contractors and employees to figure out who's leaking stuff. All right. So these are all the things they've done, you know, in the background without actually, you know, thinking about, you know, the, the ramifications. So when you think about sources, nobody, this industry is a, is a close knit group. If somebody right. comes out and says, yes, my name is so, so, and so, and I was at CIG and I was part of star citizen and they did this, this, and this, they're never going to work again. I mean, it's, it's absolutely not, right. they're never going to work again, period. And that's the thing. But, the thing of my sources, and again, the escapist, you know, comes to mind, or the, or, or even Kotaku and their story, is that when you look closely at the things, they actually end up being true anyway. So it doesn't, it, it, it serves no purpose to, bur to, to, to burn a source. It serves no purpose to give more information uh, than you should. And because I'm not in it for the glory, I, I've never was in it for the glory. I mean, right, right now I'm sitting on something really, really big. I've been hinting at for the past month. I haven't, I, I haven't said a thing about it because I simply cannot do that because right. it, put, it puts people at risk. People have been fired over, you know, flippant things that, you know, is compartmentalized on a need to know. You know, anybody who looks at this, you know, I give you an example, this, this 3.0 patch, this is the most recent example, 3.0. I mean, since the summer, people who are working on it told me, uh, well, actually, since December, that it simply doesn't exist. When Chris went up on stage uh, a few months earlier and said, yes, this is 3.0, this is what we're working on, it's awesome, it's super cool, we're playing it right now, it's coming out on a, on a before December 19th, he went on stage and flat out lied about it, okay? And I was writing about that the whole time. Of course, people were saying the same thing, source this, source that, and I just, right. I just ignored it. Guess what? The first time people saw it, they didn't release it. They released 2.6, you know, with uh, Star Marine, which died immediately. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It, like, fla it, like, flatlined right away. And, <laughs> yeah. and the first time the 3.0 uh, schedule showed up was in April, and it looked nothing like what Chris had shown and promised back, you know, uh, six, seven months earlier. So, and then they started that with the whole 3.0 is coming, 3.0 is great, the 3.0 is going to be out in the year. And my sources reached out to me again and said, dude, this could very well be 2.8. The only reason it's not even, it's, it's 3.0 is because they're using the planetary technology to do a point release. But it's not working. It's a performance nightmare. It's completely... Mm -hmm. If they release this even out of QA, out of CIG QA within six months, it's going to be a complete disaster. I've written about 10 articles about that 3.0 since the summer. And what do they do? They release it in October to Ivocati, which, as you know, is their internal uh, test, uh, test bed. Right. And the report started coming out. Then CIG started going to, to YouTube, filing D DMCA takedowns. To, to prevent people from showing how much of a disaster it was, ban, banning accounts, kicking people out of Evocati to, 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 to hide all this. And, then, and guess what? Anniversary is coming up. Their funds are low. A month later, they release it to the public test universe. Everybody gets to see how crappy and shitty it is and that I was right. And my sources were absolutely on the ball on this one. And then CIG decided to, uh, to start charging their own backers 10 bucks 
to get access to the same shitty build. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that for a sec, because I, I assumed, because I, I wasn't going to try it, but I had read a blog post talking about how you can get into the, the PTU, and they said that it was just, uh, you had to, tr like, a copy a character, or copy your account over <laughs> to the public test. And then I'm hearing uh, rumors, or uh, murmurs about you have to sub to get it. Can you kind of... Well... <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious, really. And this is this is the sort of thing the media the media doesn't even write about. This is another mm. part of the thing. So they have they have internal QA, and once they finish with their QA, well, they claim to finish with their QA. It then goes into uh, they invite Evocati, which is a special interest group from the back <laughs> the back end base. And when you think okay. about when you think about special interest group, I mean we, we we have a list of all of them. I mean it's public. Uh, these are guys in the media, these are guys on the streamers, uh, you know, the the Montoya the Montoya guys, you know, and right. the other guys. And these are the big spenders, some of them concierge, some not. So they get first dibs to see if they can find anything that um QA missed. And unfortunately for them, even those people in Ivocati are, you know, like you have the Ivocati test squadron and test flight and all those guys. These guys are not guys who just tore the line. They talk about this stuff. So guess what CIG decides to do? A month later, they decide to move it from Ivocati to the public test universe to, yeah. to get quote-unquote white testing, even though it wasn't even ready to get out of QA, let alone into Avocati, uh, and of course we now know the reason they did it, they moved it into Avocati, knowing it wasn't ready in the state it was, is because they wanted to start building up hype for what became their land selling, which will come to, which will come to in a minute for anniversary, because nobody knew they were going to do that. So this was carefully planned. So they went from Avocati right. a month, put it into public test universe where they invited some more of the of, of the of the backers to try it and any backer who didn't have it in Ivocati or didn't have it in the public test universe you could but you were a subscriber because they have this subscription where you pay 10 20 bucks a month to get access to newsletters lore and all this crap wait what oh yeah 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 they yeah you you pay there there are subscribers you know all this ATV and all these uh, 10 for the chairman all this nonsense they claim the subscription the monthly subscription pays for all those things so guess what they did and they've done this before if you are a subscriber who pays 10 or 20 bucks a month to to quote unquote fund these ATVs and all these broadcasts and all these things you also get first dibs so you get QA to Evocati to Public Test Universe if you don't get and if you if you're a subscriber you definitely get access to the Public Test Universe but guess what if you're not a subscriber and you're not in Evocati, you would have no access to the game you funded. The only way you can get access to the game you funded right now, 3.0, is to be a subscriber. Guess what? You go over to the website, you become a subscriber for 10 or 20 bucks, boom, you get access to the game you already funded. It's hilarious. I'm, I'm, re I'm reading it right now. Like, <laughs> Okay, hold on. Subscription revenue contributes to Star Citizen by funding behind-the-scenes shows like Around the Verse. Wait, so it funds the production of around the verse, reverse the verse, and that's the videos that we see on the YouTube yes. channel, right? Yes, that is correct. Really? Yes, yes. That's what they say. They they claim all the subscription, but here's 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 a here's the, you know the worst kept secret 
is that once they started doing that, they then started using that same subscription to get access to sales. So you can get early sales to some ships. You can also get right. you get access to things like this test. So what they've done, not only have they bastardized their gamers, they con <laughs> they, they, their backers, they continue to 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 uh, you know to 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 treat them uh, like a like a money machine. Yeah, like like the thing is, I don't have an issue. Because this it's kind of like a Patreon, right? It's kind of like like if that's where the money was going. But now it, it seems like from what you're telling me, they're like merging the two and locking off potential builds to. That's, yes, that's exactly what that's they're doing. Crazy. It's not it's not kind of like it's exactly it it's exactly it like. Is. And here's the thing, when when they if you look at the if you look at all the communications on the Kickstarter where they said we'll have the quote unquote most open development we'll tell you everything that's going on well guess right. what uh, around diverse reverse diverse all those things are part of the development this is stuff right. this is stuff they promised to give for free as part of the open development uh, thing they were pushing back in the day all of a sudden it became open development if you're paying a monthly subscription. And and my thing is is like the the question I always bring is just like why do we need this and this is usually what I'm talking about like game features like why do we need the face scan technology why do we need to blow this out of proportion why do we need a 40 minute around the verse to tell us what's going on in in the development what what's wrong with a blog post like everybody else does like why and if it's going to cost you that much money why do you why do you why would you even waste your time doing it oh this one is easy well, if you go on IMDb, Sandy has been padding her IMDb profile. You know, Chris come Chris has, went to Hollywood after left gaming. Sandy right. Sandy has been an F-list actress, you know, since forever, as you know. <laughs> Jesus. You know, Christ. you know she was, okay. as you know she met Chris while she was working for him as an intern at his failed video game company Ascendant. So it's okay. all it's all the Hollywood thing and they're instead of setting up shop in, in Austin as they planned to, they decided to set up shop in, in LA, one of the most expensive places. So it's the whole Hollywood thing where and then Chris decided to make Star Citizen, you know, a Squadron forty two uh, a huge production thing. So Gary Oldman, Mark Hamill, all this nonsense. So it's right. it's all part of that whole uh, Hollywood big media type IMD padding bullshit that they've turned the whole the, the game into. That's why they keep doing it because just for this way, I have no problems with with the ATVs or the around the verse. They want to do it, that's fine. But here's the thing: right. most of the developers who do it don't want to do it because a they're on camera, they're not working, they're very uncomfortable. Um, some of them don't even want to do it. Some have threatened to quit if they continue to ask them to do it, and but they still do it. And it's it's quicker and better than doing a blog post. Yes, but these things take away time from development, and they claim yes, yeah. yeah they claim that the subscription pays for all that, which is nonsense because nobody knows what those things cost to do anyway. So you really can't can't you know just. Right up and you know straight up say well yeah this this is worth it this is part of the the whole open development yeah you can do it but why that's what I'm saying like why if it's gonna if, if it costs you and you need to put a subscription to pay for like what what is the point you could take one person get them to type up a blog post and that's that instead of having to like that just like the production I get production value and all that stuff I totally get it but it's it like. I don't know. It's just so strange to me. It's it's all the Hollywood nonsense. And the thing is, yeah. and the thing is, if you look, if you go on the website, there are blog posts. So when you look at the blog posts that they actually do, the development timelines, the studio reports, they're already there. Yeah. 
but when you look at those things which are, which are readable, you can go back and reference them, you know, and then you see all this massive production and Sandy, Chris, and the rest of their on, uh, you know, entourage on camera. You ask yourself, this is just a waste of money. Even if backers right. were paying for this, it's just an absolute waste of money because it serves absolutely no purpose. But they get to monetize it, and by monetizing yeah. it the way they have and, and saying subscriptions pay for that, which is patently false – um, they can use that subscription as a crutch to get backers right. to to pay for access to a game they already funded. I mean, it's it's absolutely brilliant when you think about it. It's it's, made, it's brilliant. I made a comment on my last cast about um, the comparisons to Scientology because I've been really like watching documentaries about that and just seeing this now too, like the the money machine here. You're gonna go is, there. You're gonna go there, aren't you? It's phenomenal. Like, and the thing is, is I know, I already know that the comments below, they're gonna quote you calling Sandy an F-list actors. I already know that's that's the only thing they're gonna take away, and they're gonna take away me comparing this to Scientology. But on top of that, and this is kind of one of the topics I want to get into. Um, I'm not sure how much time you have, but um, I've been seeing you tweet out about the crowdfunding chart and how they've been misrepresenting that and showing how much funds they actually have. Can we? Because uh, I've been trying to grasp what you're saying about it, and I'm I'm kind of not understanding it. I kind of want to get into it. Well, it's basically listen. I've I I've said it. I've already I've always said it. I've written about this since 2015 that it's 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 not it's not accurate, and I'm I I I've I've written clearly why it's not accurate. I have sources who know why it's not accurate, how it's accurate, and you know I've gone as far as calling it fraudulent. But right. at the end of the day, and I just wrote an article a couple of, about a week or so ago, the last one I, I had sent you, where I had said that it's just a marketing gimmick. But yeah. when you and and the the thing about it is, it's not illegal. They can do whatever the hell they want. But the, <laughs> the only time it becomes illegal is if a backer or a banker or let's say Coots Co in the UK, if they if they use that information. And they rely on that information to give them money. Then we're talking about illegal activity. Right. But right. but as a marketing gimmick, they can do what they look. Nobody nobody on earth who's paying attention, who knows numbers, who knows metrics, will take a look at the chart and take a look at the funding trends and say, yeah, this is accurate. First of all, we know it doesn't. They've said it doesn't track subscriptions. We don't believe that. They they say it. Um, it, we, we know it doesn't track refunds because we've tried it. We've run several tests where people have bought in, refunded, you know, back in the day when you could refund quickly, no no ping. And these, some of these refunds were actually large enough to ping, to, to create a, a ping on the chart, even though we have low-level tools that actually pull it by the cents. Some, there's a guy who, has, who even has that on, on, on a Google Doc. So you can actually, you know, pull out this information. The problem is that once they realized backers and the media used this as a crutch, it became clickbait, it became part of the whole fake news thing surrounding Star, right. Star Citizen, they just ran with it. I can tell you for, for free and for a fact that they, don't, they haven't raised $170 million, and to people who think they still have 50% of that left or even 10% of that left, here's my, here's, here's, here's my views on that. Wait for what comes next. This past summer, <laughs> this past summer, when they took out, you know, a loan with Coots, uh, a private bank in, in the UK, and they hid it, you know, as a quote-unquote 
you know, a, a tax credit type thing, which once we got right. once we got the financials and we took it apart, we knew it was it was bullshit from just as I'd written. Um, they don't have the money. And they have to keep doing these tactics to raise money. So the funding chart is part of an ego boost, and it's also part of the marketing uh, of, of the marketing uh, for Star Citizen because it brings, it creates chatter, it it creates controversy. You yay nay, bad publicity, good publicity doesn't matter, and they can get away with it because nobody is going to ever ask them to prove, you know, that they've raised money or what happened to the money, except the feds. Or if some backer who has enough standing decides to sue them, goes to arbitration and they don't refund. Because that's what this is the thing. Anybody can go take them, can sue them right now and end up in arbitration. They'll just refund you and move on. And you right. ne- you never get access. One of, the, one of the investors who got his money out early in the day tried to get access to the funding. The minute he, they were, you know, they were stonewalling him to give him back his money. The minute he started making noise you know, and threatening attorneys and getting his, you know, uh, his brokerage firm involved about the money, they gave him his money back. So there's no circumstance under which any of this is ever going to be public unless and until the feds get involved. So, of course, they can do what the hell they want. So regards to that, that loan that they they took out in the summer is can can we is that public knowledge? You you write about it's public. It's public. So let me ask you this. Why? Why do you think that the media isn't covering that? Because it's not big enough news. Because, again, when you talk about Star Citizen having raised 50, 60, 7,500 million dollars and you hear they took out a loan and Derek Smart broke the news again, nobody cares about that. It's not news to them. I mean, what should be news is that a company at the time that had raised $150 million found it necessary to take out what that's what we all in what is for all intents and purposes a payday loan because the tax credits aren't a lot of money. And good thing is in the UK, they all the their financials, you know, the the certain amount of money uh, paperwork you have to file that's that's public. And if you have a good accountant and people who know numbers like the guys we know and who do this for us, you can pretty much tell that they were on a crutch and needed to take this Coots loan out. And guess what? They also put up. Every single thing associated with Star Citizen and and Squadron 42 as collateral. Who does that for you know a tax credit loan? Think about that. Right, this right. this is this is the this is this is the smoking gun that everybody glossed over in the summer. That's right now playing out behind the scenes. That very soon people are going to see what happens when the next penny drops. <laughs> and. I'm not going to dabble, but when do you think that's going to be? It's it's soon. It's it's soon. it's soon. You see, the the reason why I don't like to get into it is because I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but last year, you know, well in 2015, before the whole escapist thing broke, when yeah. when a bunch of people left, some got fired. People were saying that they were Chris was wasting all the money and they had they barely had 90 days uh, worth of funding left. Uh, I, I wrote about that. Uh, people repeated it. Uh, some sources went in the record and confirmed it, you know, uh, uh, with, with with the escapist. And then guess what? Whales and all the tactics that, starts, that CIG uses to raise money, they survive more than 90 days. So you'll find most of the cult members, will, the first thing they come up with is, ha, 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 ha. You said, yeah, discredit. Yeah, you, had, yeah. you said they had 90 days, and here they are two years later. Well, guess what? If If somebody had 90 days 
to funding and you go find an investor to give you money, guess what? It doesn't prevent Wall Street from saying you don't have any money until you do. That's how right. analysis. That's how analysts do their job. Nobody is going to say, well, hey, if somebody goes out and gets an investment of $100 million, yeah, they got it because they didn't really need it. I mean, what do you think? That's how it works. Whales give them money. They went and took out some loans. We know they have other loans that, that are not public because the U.S. financials are not public. And that's how you, you, you stay alive. So if you if an analyst says, well, they're not a going, there's a reason why the term going concern exists. When people look at you and you say, well, you only have operating expenses and, and incoming and income for the next 30, 60, 90 days, and you know, you're no longer going concern, that's where it comes from. Back then, they had 90 days of funding, then all of a sudden they had all this money, and people kept giving them money, and they kept just going one step at a time, which is why in the summer, they got to a position where they take, had to take out you know, a payday loan to keep going, and all the tactics they've, they've, they've they've instilled since that time came from desperation of you know milking their whales and never delivering a game right and the thing is like about this crowdfunding chart too i was just thinking you say that it doesn't track subscriptions and that's actually it's smart the way they're doing it because they're separating it so the subscriptions doesn't technically go towards the development of the game so it doesn't need to be tracked and we actually don't know how much money they're bringing in from subscriptions we don't, and they're, not, and they're not telling you. That's crazy. Well, here's the thing. When we look at, we, we, when we look at that chart, like right now, when I looked at it earlier yesterday, and yeah. you see they've made like $80,000 a day, three days straight. And, <laughs> yeah, hang on. Uh, $80,000 a day, three days straight, if you look at the slope line there. Right. And then uh, about two weeks ago, when they were the, – the, the land sale was a bust – a couple of ship sales that they did were a bust. All of a sudden, they had a mil People started writing about it. Backers on Reddit were were, were wondering where the, if they were going to get money to, to to finish. Spectrum was ablaze. Guess what happened? December first, December second, two one million dollar spikes on the same day with nothing right. with nothing special going on. But they had to do that because. When you look at the chart of their funding, 2017, outside of this anniversary sale, was their worst year, and it continues to trend down. So that's how they're using the chart to manipulate whales. For one, it shows, it, it gives a, a, a conveyance of interest in the project. People are still interested, so they're still giving us money. And it's all, it's just pure, it's just nonsense. And we know it tracks, well, no, we don't know it tracks subscriptions we suspect it tracks subscription right. subscriptions because we i mean how 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 feasible is it for them this past three days to make a steady eighty thousand dollars a day those are not numbers that i mean i'm an ai programmer i know chaos theory i write ai programs i can tell you right now it's not normal to see a slope that constant for something like crowdfunding or even uh, sales for that matter it, it's just too neat and tidy. So it has to have be subscriptions or unless somebody's sitting there, you know, clicking buy, 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 buy 24-7. Right. 80,000. See, and it's crazy. I'm looking at this like $80,000 a day is crazy to me. And then you look at the week and there's some it, – it's just amazing. It's, <laughs> it's insane. I'm, I'm blown away. It's insane. It's away. insane. It's, here, here, here's what's more insane. Let's just assume that it's all true. 
it's it's perfect. It's above board. It's not a marketing yeah. gimmick. There's no fraud involved. Blah blah blah. It's just mind-boggling that when you sit down and think that there are a bunch of people out there who would give a product they know in their heart is failing and has no chance of success, eighty thousand dollars a day. It's just not. It's just not possible. There's no product. There is no product. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I made a video last year, and this is kind of when I, I heard your name for the first time in my comments back then. Um, when I was back then, we were looking at 3.0, and I said I'm just waiting for it to come out. And this was back in October of last year, and we're, we're a year later. And t according to the comment section, well, 3.0 isn't even out yet. It's in the public test, so it hasn't even been released according to the Star Citizen community. Like, how how long do you think that they can continue this? Until the wheels fall off. They and and what what would it take for the wheels to fall off at this rate? Well, uh, let's put it this way: they we know that they're running they're they're running on fumes, and right. that's why the anniversary end of year sale and the way they ran it and the fact they started selling land while saying we're not selling land. That's crazy. Uh, all those things. Um, I don't believe that they have that much longer to go. Do they have 30 days, 60 days, 90 days? I don't know. All I can tell you is it's not going to be one of those things where – do you remember the, what happened with 38 Studios where one minute everybody forgot about them, the next minute it took like less than five days, it was all over? You know, 38 Studios, Kurt Schillings, uh, you know, um, his video game company. Uh, that's what I believe is going to happen with Star Citizen. And it's not going to be a long, drawn-out affair where they have a few, you know, it's like a few weeks, a few months. It's going to be a, right. it's going to be a sudden thing. Uh, some news is going to break, and it's going to be over in, in a week. I can, I can almost guarantee it. That's what's going to happen. Because at the, bottom, at the end of the day, it takes money. Their burn rate is not sustainable. They're not making enough money to fund their worldwide burn rate, and that's hurting them really, really bad. They're losing a lot of key talent. Of course, some of the guys they keep throwing money at to get them to stay, you know, Tony, Tony Zurovac, you know, Sean Tracy, you know, um, Brian Chambers, all these guys who are what makes Star Citizen Star Citizen and who are equally responsible for the shit show we ended up with because they can't right. somehow stand up to Chris and his brother Aaron. But at the end of the day... It's going to take. It's just. It's not going to be a long drawn out thing. Um, if you look at some of, if people, some of us have noticed that even with the recent uh, broadcasts around the verse and blah blah blah, it's all new faces. Some of these guys, they promote them from QA to production to producer to game designer. They grab, you know, uh, uh, developers who don't have a product to their name to fill in these blanks. So guess what happens in game development when you have a product that's this far along and it's still in pre-alpha? And then the key people leave. You bring new people in. That takes time to get them up to speed, it, and, it right, yeah. and, and it costs money. So that's gonna yeah. that's gonna be their problem because they're not even at the point where they have a product that's on maintenance release, where anybody can build a patch, anybody can you know can push you know to, to staging and things like that. They are they're at the point where they're not even in beta yet. And they're already going through, you know, funding issues. And they think Squadron 42 is going to solve their problems, which that one is already a disaster. I'm surprised people still talk about it because as far as my sources are concerned, it just doesn't exist as a product. So it's just going to be a sudden, it's just going to be a sudden collapse. It's not going to be a long drawn affair at all. Huh. 
I'm really interested to see uh, what's what's coming. The the thing you're alluding to on the social media because it's amazing. It's going to be. It's absolutely. It's amazing. It's unprecedented, and there's going to be riots in the streets. Okay, so let me ask you this, because a lot of people uh, that have left comments about you, um, they, they, they kind of just allude that you just you hate the project. You, 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 you don't want it to succeed. Can you just let people know kind of where your head is at? Like, do you at this point, seven years in, do you just like after all the shit that's been thrown your way? Do you are you waiting for this to fail or are you hoping that it's going to fail or do you want to see this kind of? come to fruition no my 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 comments on this have been pretty consistent but you know game yeah. gamers are gamers they will take one mm -hmm. thing and run run you know run a ball with it mm -hmm. uh in 2015 i knew they could never ship the game i knew they could never develop it i knew that as long as chris didn't go back to the drawing board build the game he pitched in 2012 and yeah. and then add stuff on top of it i knew it was going to fail so it's not a, it's not about me spending the next 30 40 60 or 2 years hoping and wishing and praying and being jealous and all this nonsense no when i wrote that blog blog in 2015 i knew it was dead i knew it was going to fail otherwise i would have waited it's not like somebody twisted my arm to write the damn thing and Right. I don't work. Okay. I don't work for anybody. I'm not jealous. I'm not hoping for it to fail. I don't want it to fail. I never wanted it to fail. I'm a gamer, sitting around hoping something fails is not my thing. My my thing, when they made it about me and they made it a Derek Smart versus Chris Robbins thing, and all those guys decided to pile on for what it, you know for what it's worth. For me, it's just it's just about vindication. I don't really care whether they ship it or don't ship it. I don't really care. Listen, they could have a secret build right now and finish it and ship the game next week, it wouldn't matter. It doesn't change anything I've written because at the end of the day, the game they pitched, they will never deliver it. And that's been my all, that's been my main thing. They could never right. build that game. So it really doesn't matter what I think. What, we, what people need to look at is the reality of the situation where seven years later, 3.0, which they touted for a whole year, looks and plays like shit. And... Think about this. 2.63, the last major patch, was in April. That right. that patch has over 3,000 bugs in it. And most of those bugs haven't been fixed. We ran the analysis. Most of them are not repetition. And they didn't release a patch since April. They decided to move on with by adding new technology on top of the bloat they already had, creating 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 more bugs to 3.0. Well, when you think about it, they haven't released anything for 2.63 since April. 3.0 is going to come out if they if they turn crazy enough, as my sources are telling me, and they release it for the holiday in December. You can you can thank you can know that in six months, which would be 2018 summer, it's not going to be in working condition. So think about that. Nobody has to care what I think. Just look at what's there, and think about the history of gaming. And you say to yourself, next year. Is the game going to be finished, or are we still going to be patching 3.0? I, I mean, I, I think that's and that, for us, like, and for me, I just think that it, it's such an easy explanation. It's not going to be finished, but the the carrot, it's the carrot on the stick. I there's so many people that just they just they're in it's sunk, for, for however long it's going to take. It's sunk cost. It's sunk cost fallacy. It's a hell of a yeah. it's a hell of a drug. 
Here's the thing. Yeah. Back in the early days, we know this for a fact because a bunch of people on Twitter and on Reddit were saying it. Some of those people have become silent now because all of a sudden everyone's becoming resigned to the fact that, quote unquote, Derek Smart was right. The thing is, those people back in the day didn't realize that when they were saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to pledge more. To, to prove Derek Smart wrong, they didn't realize that what I was telling mm -hmm. them was that all you're doing is throwing money into a fire pit because there's a, yeah. there's a reason multi-million dollar games get canceled. You know, Activision's done it. EA has done it. Take-Two have done it. A lot of small developers have done it. Small publishers you never heard of have done it. You close it down. You take the, you take the tax write-off. You go do something else. There's a reason for that because no matter how much money you have, it's never going to make up for incompetence. Yeah, no, exactly. No, for sure. <laughs> Damn. Well, um, this is a pretty good conversation. Um, I'm curious to see what's going to happen here soon. I'm kind of just... It's gonna, it's, it's, it's gonna to be see. beautiful. It's it's gonna be beautiful. Listen, it's gonna be the culmination of the whole Derek Smart was right movement. And right. even though I'm not one to gloat, it's not in my personality. People who know me know who I am. Who follow my career know that I'm I'm pretty much not that guy. I'm not gonna be right. re rejoicing. When people read my blogs, they don't see anything in there that says I'm I'm you know rejoicing at the demise. None of that stuff. All I'm saying, all I've been doing is being pretty consistent, saying. This is what you should look at. This is a problem. Here's why. Right. Here's why. So whatever's happening next, you know, when the project does fail, as I expect it to, it's not going to be a laughing matter for me. It's not going to be something where I'm going to be doing the, the whole media circuit and laughing, blah, 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 or Derek Smart was right. No, I'm just going to say the same thing. I told you guys in 2015, this wasn't going to happen. Why are you shocked now? Right. I, th I, think, I think after that many years of getting shit thrown at you though. I think, I think there's going to be not, not necessarily, um, joy, but I think it's just going to be a, a fucking told you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what kind of emotion that would be, but <laughs> it's just after that many years, I'll be honest. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm only human. We all have a biases and we all have a right? fault. We all have a false. Right. The more important thing is people need to know who they are. I know who I am and my personality is not like that. But what I can tell you is, the day I'm looking forward to is the day I go on Twitter and say, I told you so. And only because for those guys who spent two years shitting at me, you know, right. filing false reports against my company, you know, review bombing me, my, my games and my you know, making my, my guy, my, my life, you know, uh, miserable because they feel that they can because, you know, nobody ever wrote or said a bad thing about a video game like ever, <laughs> you know, right. those are the guys who I'm waiting to see their response. And some of them, just so you know, some of them on Reddit and some of on the PC Gamer or Polygon or Kotaku comments, streams, they've already started setting themselves up with the storyline of, well, it was a chance I took. I was happy to fund it. We knew that it was a risk, but it didn't happen. Oh, yeah. I'm happy to yeah. lose my money. I'm going to be like... That's the one foot <laughs> out the door. That's the, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one foot out the door. <laughs> yeah, we, we, you know what? We, we look at these guys, and the thing about these guys is they're so proud... They have their alts, 
But even one guy with two alts or three alts, when you see them show up at the same place all the time, it's easy to recognize them. These are the guys we're going to be looking at and responding to, ha, 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 just because right. just because we can. I mean, this is gaming. We're like drama queens. We love that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a fact. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I already I can already see the uh, the the comments. I'm just I'm, I'm dreading it. Uh, but no, this is a good conversation. Um, so with 3000 AD, I might as well. I, th- I think we should leave off on this. Do you are are you still developing games? I heard you say you were kind of semi-retired. Yeah, I've been semi-retired for a couple of years now because you know, yeah. I've I've been doing this for a very very long time, and I got really disillusioned with the industry, the way the game was right. going. Because the reason why I semi-retired a few years ago is simply because nobody develops or buys these high-end games that I make. You know, things like the high-end flight game, flight sim games like Jane's and, you know, the DCS games. You know, they're very, very small niche groups, and the space combat genre was dead, and I just refused to do anything else. I mean, I tried doing uh, another game, another series of games, you know, All Aspect Warfare, and I did Line of Defense Tactics, which were not like my previous games. One is an RTS, one's a Combined Arms games, and even though those games made their money back, they could have done better. They didn't even make as much money as my Battlecruiser Universal Combat games had made, and that right. that forced me to rethink and say, you know what, I'm not going to spend another two, three years and a few million dollars at my age making games that a few people want to buy. I mean, I mean sure, it's for me, it's a hobby, the IRS hates it because they think I use my business as a hobby, which I really don't because I make money, I pay my taxes. At the end, right. at the end of the day, you know, the when you when the, the people who share your passion when they move on because the industry led them in a different direction, it, yeah. it's it's very hard not to be disillusioned or feel disenfranchised. You know, so you either join the club, you know, by making games that everybody's playing, or you just Figure out, you know, I've made I've made a decent you know decent living. I've made my mark. People know who I am. At the end of the day, everybody re- will remember my name, even if they don't remember my games. So I felt it was time to semi-retire, and in in that semi-retirement, I put a small team together, and we decided to do you know my one last game, which is you know line of, line of defense, which we're currently porting to UE4. But I'm I don't envision myself coming back to this full time because I think the industry has, has gone in a direction that I'm not happy with and there's simply no place for me in it anymore. Okay. Um, do you have any other, like, it, space, space combat and, and, and the, the space genre, that's where you, like, you would never even think of coming back and, and doing something a little different, a little outside of sci-fi? No, I don't know. I mean, I one of the things that my wife and I talk about is what I'm going to do when I fully retire. I, I, I got news for her. I'm never going to fully retire because, you know, <laughs> you know, confirmed here first. Yeah. 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 Once in a once in a while, you know, I, I, I look at I drop ideas and, and just I mean, just a few weeks ago, because I, I have one of my games, Universal Combat, which is one of my, my all time bestseller series and Battlecruiser series. Um, you know, some of those guys were saying, you know, space combat games are back. And this is the only capital ship combat game on the planet, and it's the most advanced. Blah blah blah. I went back, put it on early access. I've been I've been updating it these past few weeks. I'm doing graphics overhaul, just because a bunch of guys keep buying the damn game, and um, I will keep doing that. I'll keep you know doing patches for the Battlecruiser slash Universal combat game. Line of Defense will come out on you know PC, Xbox, you know PS4, and all that. But at the end of the day. I don't think I'm going to do any anything else beyond that. I'll just be, you know, massaging and honing my my those games, you know, until you know I I, I you know I stop 
doing anything. I mean, I'm probably going to end up teaching or something, but I don't in, in full retirement. But I, I don't have any immediate plans right now. But I can tell you right now, full-time game development, for me, I'm, I'm done with that. I'd rather be trolling tri Star Citizen, to be honest. <laughs> all right fair enough man well hey i appreciate you coming on uh if you guys are listening to this like i said on youtube all the stuff we talked about i know there's a lot of information uh all those links are going to be down below and i i, I encourage you guys to go read it um even if you're one of the, the 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 whales the star citizen guys just maybe maybe open your mind a little bit uh, let's try and jump on the other side of the fence um yeah th thank you for coming through man i appreciate you reaching out Welcome. Anytime. Talk to you soon. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said at the beginning of the show, if you enjoyed it, if you want to support this show, you can support me on Patreon or my Twitch, or you can sub to me on my website, and all of these are going to get you early access to the Frycast. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with Derek Smart. I feel like people are vilifying him because of his opinions against a video game, and I, I actually relate to him quite a bit in that sense, in that regard, um, but I feel like because Star Citizen is such a huge game that he is taking a lot more shit than I've ever seen. And I wanted to give him a platform. I wanted to talk. I wanted to have a conversation. Kind of give you guys a rundown of everything that's been going on over the last couple of years. And, and get somebody who has been in the shit. You know, I'm an outsider perspective. And I wanted to talk to somebody who who has been in the trenches talking about this and, and, and informing people for years. So uh, it was good to get him on. I already can see that people are going to be completely pissed off that it was a biased interview or whatever. I didn't look at it as an interview. I just wanted to talk to the guy. Um, but people are going to say that I'm biased. If somebody who is of that status on the Star Citizen side of things wants to come and talk to me, if you are a proponent for the game, if you are a defender of CIG, let's have a conversation. I, I'm not... I'm not I'm not here. I, I I have picked a side, but I'm also not hating the other side. I I, I like conversations and I like discussing video games. Um, so yeah, the bias you guys might think is there. Um, I'm I'm open to speaking to other people as well as long as it makes sense. So uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thank you for listening, watching. If you guys are on YouTube, make sure you like the video, share it. Let's get this out. I want to reach more game devs, and I want to talk to more people about so many different genres of games that I'm passionate about, and uh, yeah, I'm ready to kick this up a notch. If you guys are listening to this on iTunes, make sure you rate the podcast, and uh, and yeah, I will see you guys on the next Frycast. Don't know when that's going to be, but it's going to be a good one.